0: Hello, how's everyone doing this morning? Great. Wow, who, who went to the restoration retreat yesterday? Oh my goodness. When do you give Lynn a hand, she did a fantastic job I hear. Uh, I was hoping to have a special guest with us this morning, but he cannot make it today. But you'll hear from him another day. I had um, Pastor Anwar wanted to speak to you today. Uh, all the way from Pakistan life. He's It's about, well, I don't know, about 3 o'clock in the morning. So, but uh, but he's, a, he's an incredible man of God. And uh, maybe one day, uh, in fact, we will one day have him out here and you can meet him and uh, you can meet one of the greatest revivalists walking the face of the earth today. And um, in 10 years, having to build a, a church from, uh, from zero to uh, close to three-quarters of a million people, it's just a phenomenal thing. And uh, it's amazing. It's about the population of Wellington and Christchurch all together. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, eh? how, how uh, this God can do such incredible things. And uh, I've been really inspired. Uh, for those of you that were here with Shane Will, I'd really encourage you to, uh, to go back through his teaching. There's a, there's a lot more to it than, um, than, than you think. And, uh, and I've just been going over it and have uh, allowed God to really speak to me. And one of the things that he really, um, really spoke to me was, uh, there's always a river of hope that's flowing uh, through, through disaster or through darkness. And ever since uh, Adam fell, uh, there was a river of hope right then. And everything all the way through the Bible, there's always a river of hope. And uh, maybe you're in a place of darkness today. Um, there's a river of hope that will flow through your life. All you've just got to do is just, just reach out and, and, and tap into it. And uh, we're, we're about we're just getting ready to, uh, just to step out on an incredible walk of faith, actually. And, um, and uh, sometimes it goes through my head, uh, you know, what are you doing that for? <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm selling everything. We're selling my boat. My goodness, sell my boat! It's got got to be—it's got to be important. God's really got to speak to you. Sell your boat, your motorbikes, and stuff like that. So anyway, um, yeah. So look, uh, and it's a great and powerful thing. A great opportunity. It comes with its risks, but New Zealand is such a great place. We can go out fishing and hang out with the fellas and just have a crazy life here. For the rest of my life, I'd be quite happy doing that. Uh, But no, God has spoken, and uh, God has put a dream in our hearts, and uh, we're going to step out, and uh, we're going to take the gospel right into the darkest corner of the world. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I always always quite amazed at what God could do through uh, somebody that just puts their hand up and says, oh look, I've got some fish and I've got some loaves of bread. He says, that'll do. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll make something happen out of that. And uh, we've got an incredible journey uh, in front of us. And, um, and this journey is not just, uh, it's not just for me and Kate. It's, uh, uh, I feel in my heart it's for all of us. And all of us are going to come on this journey. And you're going to have the opportunity to, to walk with us, to um, so we're not really going to leave at all we'll be over there but we'll still be Bay City and uh, you guys will come with us and um, some of you will come over and preach in fact a lot of you will probably come over and preach and, and uh, some of the business people here will come up and make connections and we'll get you hooked up with some of these Arabs and, and uh, it's good that we just start to connect up and, and expand, that, expand the kingdom of God uh, so just please pray for us, please stand with us in prayer, it's not a uh, it's not, by any means it's not an easy it's not an easy step but it's an exciting step and uh, we're, we, we need some breakthroughs, so um, please stand with us. Uh, as you know, we're going to be launching a, a satellite TV station that will take the gospel right up into Taliban country and, and all, those, all those parts, so God will give us an opportunity to speak there, but it's not going to come cheap. Uh, we have got to raise about $120,000, $110,000 initially to get the thing up and going, and then we're going to have to believe for another $180,000 a year to keep it running, and, uh, but that's okay. We'll work that out. It's just going to stretch your faith a wee bit, and uh, but you know what? It's like you might as well give something a shot, eh? And um, something a, a a very a guy I really respect. He's in this church here, and uh, and uh, he said, one, he, said one, he said this word one day in, in regards to business. He said, you know, all of, all you've really got to lose is your pride. And, uh, and I've taken that to my heart and said, yeah, well, all I've, got to, all I've got to lose really is my pride, but I've got everything to gain. And so together we've got everything to gain as a church. And uh, so this morning, I want to speak to you out of a, um, just out, out of a passage that, that God has, has really spoke to me uh, over this last little while. And the title of my message this morning is this man called Jesus. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a man called Jesus. <laughs> Do you know this man called Jesus? <laughs> And the story is found, in, it's found in, in John chapter 9. And if you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you just turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. We've, we've got one up on the screen here, so you can just, you can just read on the screen up there. And uh, John chapter 9, verse 1. How many people have got that? John chapter 9, verse 1. And so Jesus, the context of the story is that Jesus had uh, just been delivering some truth seeds uh, just handing out some truth medicine to the Pharisees, and um, they got really hacked off with him, and uh, he set a challenge in them, and uh, they thought he had a demon, they thought he was a devil, and uh, they got so annoyed with him, they are about to kill him, they are about to stone him, and uh, very, very violent situation, but he just, the Bible says there, he just found his way out, and, and, uh, and, he, and he just passed by them all, and so, this this piece of scripture it takes place uh, not immediately not in the next hour following it but actually takes place within uh, within the same day. So he's a little distance away. It's it's uh, it's, um, it's known that he 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 went from this place into the Mount of Olives and on this journey towards the Mount of Olives, this is where this, this, uh, this story takes place. And it goes in now in verse one. Now, as Jesus passed by, as Jesus passed by, as Jesus was walking down. He saw a man who was blind from birth. It was a man who was sitting down on the side of the road, and the Bible says that he had been blind from birth. It's a man that had all of his life had never experienced the light. His whole world was a, a place of darkness. His whole everything he experienced was uh, was in the context of a place of darkness. It's a man that was blind from birth, and uh, what what a terrible experience to, to lose your sight or to never even have your sight. And, um, and, and and so this man lived in darkness. There's a, there a place of darkness, in this, and this place of darkness covered his whole life. Uh, I mean, this morning you may be here, and you may not, may not be physically blind, but there may be a, a place of darkness in your life. Uh, for some of you, uh, that darkness could be a place of depression. Uh, a lot of people today struggle with depression. We looked at. I was reading the news the other day, and they had a... They were saying that kids as young as four years old now are taking uh, medication for depression. Hmm. That's a darkness that is covering people since birth. Within four years after birth, they're already on depression tablets. Come on. <laughs> for some people, their, their darkness is a, a place inside of their heart. Maybe you're angry over something, and, and, and maybe, uh, maybe you've got a problem with swearing. And, and, and there's a—it's uh, just a manifestation of of a, of a place of darkness inside of your life. Uh, for some people, swearing is a difficult thing to to shake, and uh, it's a darkness that, that covers over. Well, for some people, maybe it's a maybe it's uh, it's it's uh, depression. For some of you, it may be debt. Maybe you really struggle to get on top of things financially. There's always seems to be this this darkness that covers your life. That maybe it's just a, a certain area of your life. Maybe it's a a big part of your life. And, For some people, it could be an addiction. Addiction is a darkness, because most addictions, or or many addictions, take place inside the dark rooms of our soul. And for those of you that went to Lynn's restoration retreat, uh, most likely you would have uh, talked about some places of darkness in your soul that God wants to restore. Is that right, Lynn? Is that right? Are we on the right track? Fantastic. Hopefully I'm not talking just a... But for all of us we find ourselves in a place there's a place of darkness inside of our life the bible says that all of us are born into sin and all of us come into this world with a with a with a place of darkness inside of our life maybe it's a something going on in your imagination maybe something that's going on in your heart and for you you've got your own place of darkness just like me i've got my own place of darkness and and uh, that i've had to allow god to come and, and bring healing and so we have this man, and he's sitting by the side of the road. His, his world is a, a world of darkness. His whole world is a world of darkness. He can hear, he can touch, but he can't see. His place, his world is a world of darkness. For you here this morning, you may have a part of your life. And I'm sure that many people here do, and hopefully after being to the restoration retreat, uh, there's some illumination coming into your, your, into your life, and you can start to see well. And so here's this man, he's sitting in darkness. It's a man who's got a big problem, he's got a big issue, he can't see. Many of us today have big problems or issues in our life. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a thing with your self-esteem. Your self-esteem is in a place of darkness. Uh, maybe your self-esteem is low because uh, the conditions in which you were born, or maybe you haven't got a, a very high education, or maybe your education is a wee bit lower than somebody else's, and you're struggling with this uh, darkness that is over your self-esteem. It's a terrible thing to be in. It's a terrible thing when your, your self-esteem is at, is at the bottom of the ground because that's not where God has called your self-esteem to be. So here's this man. He's got this big issue. And he was being in this, the Bible says that he had been blind for the, all of his life. So all of his life he sat there and he begged. Uh, he, was, he couldn't really work. Uh, nobody would want to employ him. And so it was well known. Everybody knew that this man had an issue of blindness. He had a big issue, and his issue was blindness. And so he had to sit there and beg, and so everyone knew who this man was. Well, not everyone, everyone, but generally everyone in the community knew that this man had a major issue. They knew he was blind. It wasn't a, I mean, it stood out. He was blind. He had an area of darkness. And for some of us here today, um, those, those parts of darkness in our soul, they don't re- remain dark forever and ever. At some point, uh, they're reflected out somewhere. For some people, it's a, a, a depression. Well, anger, really, a depression is anger turned inward. If, you have, uh, if it's the other way, then you probably have uh, outbursts of rage. If you've got anger in your heart, it's going to come out somewhere. If you've got depression in your heart, in your life, it's going to come out somewhere. If you've got uh, poverty in your heart, it's going to come out somewhere. If you've got uh, a low self-esteem, it's going to come out somewhere. You, you, people know you uh, recognize you as somebody who's, who uh, suffers with rejection. You all know what I'm, what, you know what we're talking about there. And so this man had been in that place, and he was known for it. People knew that he had darkness. I mean, people can look at my life and say, well, look, Dave's not an angel. There's, people say this and that, but when we have an area of darkness, people often recognize it and know it. It's, we'd often, it's, it's, not, easy that, it's not that hard to hide. Uh, for some people, they're very, very good at hiding things, but eventually it does come out. God's got a good way of bringing things out. So everyone knew this man. And so the Bible says that after coming from an incredibly violent situation, most of us have, if we come out of a a situation like Jesus had, we would return to our cave and bury our heads and say, God, take me home. Either that or, here's my gun, I'm going to go back there and take the lot out and I'll show them who's God. And so Jesus coming out of this situation, and most of the time when we come out of a a very violent or very difficult situation, we go into our little cave and bury ourselves and say, boo-hoo, hippopotamus. the bottoms. But jesus he's come out of this violent situation uh they really wanted to stone him he walks out of the situation and he sees this man he sees this man shows you the what was going on inside jesus heart it shows you this the story shows you the nature of this man called jesus even though he had issues that he himself had just faced he took the time he had it still in his heart to notice this man he saw this man It's interesting what we see because what we have here is we have the blind man, we have Jesus, and we have a bunch of disciples that are following following Jesus out. And the Bible says here that uh, now as Jesus passed by, he saw the man who was blind from birth. So the thing is, it wasn't just Jesus that saw this man, as I just said before. Others also saw this man. But as you as you see, we're talking about the disciples here. The disciples. And they had been living and walking with Jesus for a little while now. I mean, Peter, for example, it wasn't that long ago where where he saw Jesus walking out in the water. And Jesus said to him, get out of the boat, Peter. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on water to Jesus. It wasn't that long ago where they saw, it it, it must have been maybe weeks, maybe months, it wasn't that long ago where they were walking on water. It wasn't that long ago where the multiplication of food was taking place. It wasn't that long ago where they saw a man who was lepro- full of leprosy instantly healed just like that. It was not that long ago. It would still have been in their memories. You would think that people that saw incredible things like that would be like on fire. <laughs> be like walking with Jesus, man. It's like walking on water. I mean, that's that some pretty tricky stuff. <laughs> it's a man that knows how to walk in the force. That's pretty spectacular to walk on water. You'd think after seeing some spectacular things firsthand, not just heard about it, you saw it. You were part of the situation. You were the one that walked on the water. You were the one that watched the lepers. Boom. You would think that people that walked like that with Jesus would start to operate a lot. Eventually they did, but the Bible says that when the disciples looked at this man, so we have Jesus looking at this blind man and the disciples looking at this blind man. You see, the Bible says that Jesus looked at the blind man and, and then he just looked at him. The disciples saw, but you can tell by just the next verse that what they saw was completely different to what Jesus saw. Many of us, we uh, it's the beauty of, uh, of us that, but, but often we see things, we see life, we see circumstances, you could see it one way, and I could see the same situation a completely different. It's like a glass half full, glass half empty. Even if the glass was empty, it was still full. It's full of opportunity. Everything is determined. You can put whatever you like in it. <laughs> a lot of it is dependent on how you see things, how you see people, how you see situations. And you hear these, these, these people here. You would think that walking with Jesus, and they saw this blind man. They knew the guy was blind. You would think, I mean, I would have thought that we could go up and say, Jesus, look at this blind man. He's been blind all his life. And that's not a good situation for him to be in. Look, he could be doing so many things, but Jesus, he's blind. We need to help make... Jesus, why don't you use the force and like, I don't know, do something like... Just like that, call lightning down from heaven to poof, make him... Just like you did with the lepers man, Jesus. I mean, look at the lepers man. Man, he's, he's going for it now. Why don't we get this blind man, get him up onto his feet, get him all fixed up, get him healed, get him a job, and... and how about that? No, 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 no. You'd think so, but no, no. They didn't do that. The Bible says that when the disciples looked at that man, they were standing in front of this man, living in a place of darkness. The guy couldn't see him, obviously, but he looked at this, uh, these disciples uh, right in earshot. And they looked at this man and said, Jesus, where's the sin? <laughs> Jesus, uh, why is this man like he is? Where is the sin? Is it in his life or is it in his father's life, in his parents' life? Jesus, this guy's got a problem. Who's at fault here? Who's at fault? Where's the fault? Why is he like this? This condition must be a result of his fault somewhere. Your depression, your poverty, your rejection, it's because of your fault somewhere. You must have done something. You must have sinned. You must have an area of weakness in your life that has allowed the devil to come on in and bring this this condition into your life. You see, the disciples, after following Jesus all this time, what? They were on a fault-finding mission. But these are the followers of Jesus, the ones that walked on the water, the ones that saw the leprous man. feel like that? See, they both saw the same thing. Jesus saw the man, and the disciples saw the man. Jesus just looked at him, and the first thing that came out of the disciples' mouth is, "Who's at fault? Where's the fault?" For some of you here today, you may be in a position where you recognize that you've got a problem. Maybe you recognize you've got a problem in your heart. The last thing you want, the last thing you ever need, is the, the praises from church who The last thing you want is for somebody like that, some praiser, some tongue-talking praiser to come and say, he's got a problem, he's got some. he got got a problem in his life he needs to get that dealt with (laughs) how many of you know what i'm talking about (laughs) he needs help jesus we need to get into his life and we need to bring truth into his life and just confront that situation in his life he needs to be confronted jesus that fault that sin needs to be confronted in his life how many of you i mean you may not have heard those words exactly maybe you have heard those words but how many of you would, you would have to put your, heart, your hand up, but how many of you recognize you'd feel that attitude sometimes come? Yeah. So they saw things completely different. And Jesus said, this is, this is an amazing, you've got to get your head around. I mean, I find it very, very difficult. But this is an incredible piece of scripture. This next verse is an incredible piece of scripture. And, and they, see what happened is, uh, the words that they came out of the disciples' mouth, actually they were reflective even though they've moved and uh, they, they experienced uh, some spectacular things, actually, they were reflective of what was in, somebody, what was in their heart. The Bible says that out of your heart, the mouth speaks. Out of your heart, the mouth speaks. You want to find out what's in somebody's heart? Listen to the words they say. When they get presented with a situation, listen to the words then. I mean, everyone can say a, a dumb word every now and again, but there's times where... When we're dealing with people and there's a situation, you're you're dealing with a person's soul, listen to the words that come out of a person's mouth then. You find out what's in their heart. What they saw was reflective of their worldview. What they saw and what they spoke was a reflection of the attitude that was in their heart. So you can move in the spectacular, but if your heart is not right, if your heart is not right towards people, that's why Jesus said the greatest things, love God and love people. If you have the spectacular, but have an attitude like that towards people, forget it, man. You have to be shot. You've got a problem in your heart that needs fixing. Where is, who is at fault? Where is the failure? Where is the sin? You look at the Jesus' answer. This is incredible. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. I mean neither this this condition this darkness is not a it's, it's it is i can tell you that but jesus said it is not a result of sin it is not a consequence of sin we all know we read in the and like this is sort of something you've got to get your heart around a little bit i mean we go to freedom retreats and we and uh and we hear from the, and it is absolutely true sin does bring consequences every time we sin something dies something in our heart dies when we sin everything we do there are consequences don't get me wrong. That does happen, but in this particular case, sometimes—not every time—I don't know how many times—but there are times, there are particular. It's evident here that there are some conditions in our life that are not a result of sin. If it was a result of sin, he would have said it. This, yeah, we guys, we need to get to the bottom of this, and we need to find the fault, we need to confront him over this area. No, they didn't. He said quite specifically, and you can read it. He says, neither him nor his parents sinned. So you've got to work it out that uh, the Bible says that all have sinned and so they, sure there was a, uh, he, he was born into sin but it wasn't a particular sin that caused this condition to come about. Neither him nor his parents sinned. Some things are not inflicted as a result of sin. So why are they there? Why are they there? This is the most incredible piece of scripture here, just this next verse. He says, neither nor his parents, there's no problem there, there's no fault there that he's got to, we we don't need to confront this man over an issue in his life, man. He says, neither him, there's no fault there, his parents have got no fault either, they're good people. So let me tell you, let me tell you why this man's got this condition. But, everybody say but, but that the works of God, say works of God, But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. In who? In the blind man. That the works of God would be demonstrated, would be revealed in the man who had the condition. Not just revealed full stop, but revealed, demonstrated, manifested. The works of God would be manifested and demonstrated to this man who's got this alleged fault in his life. (laughs) I like that. Because I don't want nobody going a witch hunt in my life. I don't want to go on a witch hunt in your life either. Nobody wants to go on a fault finding mission. Doesn't that just shift how you start to see some of, the, some of the, not all of the things in your life? Some of you have done some, some of us have done some silly things. And we've got to do some consequences of that. But some of the things that we have in our life. They're not a direct consequence of sin. They're there because God has allowed it to happen. Why that the works works of God will be manifest in our lives? I like that. I like that, Lord. <laughs> Tell the person next to you. Say, look them in the eye. and Say, I don't know something. Say something. Say the works of God will be meant was to be manifest in your life. <laughs> I love that. I want the works of God to be manifest. This is the God that spoke heaven and earth into being. And this is, the same God, this is the same God that, my goodness, he wants to manifest his attributes. He wants to manifest himself, his good works, through you. So you know what? I don't really care if I've got a major fault. I'll oh deal with the fault. I don't really care if I've got an area of darkness anymore. Why? Because I know that God wants to, yes, he wants to touch that, but he wants to manifest the works, his works. And those parts of my life are a little bit dark. Maybe you've got a swearing problem this morning. You know what? Jesus saw a couple of fishermen. They were called the sons of thunder. They had a problem with their mouth. They had a, weren't afraid to get in a bit of biffo. Some people look at those guys and say, they have got an. we need to confront them over their anger problem. We need to confront them over their swearing. Jesus looks at the same people and says, whoa, these guys have got some boldness in them. But they're not afraid of a bit of buffo. Come on, you follow me. We'll go, and have a, we'll go and make something out of this place. Yeah. And you can see that premeditated murderers. You look at Moses who wrote a good chunk of the first, first part of the Bible. You look at Paul who wrote a good chunk of the revolutionized the church. They, were, they had issues, man. They were premeditated murderers. They need to be confronted about some issues in their heart. Our God saw something inside of their life and used them to change history. You got a fault? Yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, sort of worry about it, You but... <laughs> <laughs> don't let some pious, tongue-talking Christian come and say, You've got to... a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the works of God, so what are the works of God? What are the works of God? I mean, I, I, I mean, look, who am I to say what the works of God are? But I just look, I, I mean, out of all the whole Bible, I, I mean, I just came up with a couple of things anyway that will help you. And I think a lot of the things that are tied up in the Bible can be tied up and incorporated into a couple of verses. But look, I mean, who am I to get God? on, you know? God's God, man. I can't understand the, the fullness of God. But it says anyway, in Isaiah, in Isaiah here's an indication anyway of, of, of the works of God. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, He's talking to Isaiah and he says, "The Lord is speaking, and He says, "Don't do evil." Yeah, don't do evil. That's one way of having the uh, works of God manifest in your life. Don't do bad things. <laughs> don't be mean to people. Don't criticize people. Don't speak badly. don't cheat people. don't be dishonest with each other. Stop scamming everyone. Be nice. He says, learn to do good. Learn to do good. Don't just do good, but learn how to do good. Sometimes you've got to learn how to do good. I mean, I can do good, but I can do good better if I learn how to do good better. Learn to do good. If you don't know how to do good, there's lots of people here that will teach you and show you. Learn how to do good. Learn how to be nice to people. Learn how to meet people's needs. Learn how to be good to people. If you don't know it, learn it. It's not really rocket science, is it? Learn to do good. Seek justice. Don't seek justice for yourself. Seek justice for other people. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. You know what? There's a time to bring out the guns. You know what? There's a time to turn the other cheek. But if somebody's being oppressed in a particular way, you know, stand up for justice. If you need to, mate, I reckon there's a time to bring out there's a time to stand up for justice. There's a time to stand up where somebody's being oppressed. There is a time to stand up and to stop the oppression. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Just a few things that Jesus... If you did those things, man, it's the works of God. Matthew 23, verse 23. Again, he's giving the, the tongue-talking Pharisees a, big, a bit of an old tailing up. And at the end of it, he says, look, you're doing all these things and don't forget that, but he says, he said, why don't you focus on?" Don't forget the weightier matters of the law. In other words, and he goes on to three three things. Justice. Stand up for what's not right. If something's not right, stand up for it. If you stay silent, you agree with it. Most of the time we try and seek justice for ourselves. He's not talking about that type of justice. But when you stand up on the behalf of somebody else and seek justice, true justice, godly justice, for somebody else, that is a good thing. Mercy. Mercy is a big thing. A lot of the miracles, a lot of uh, incredible miracles of healing, God, Jesus did. It's mercy. Every day we need God's forgiveness. We need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Be prepared to give mercy. When you give mercy to somebody, you're demonstrating the goodness and the works of God. It's not rocket science. Last one, faith. Be in faith. Test yourself. The Bible says without faith you can't please God. We can speculate on lots of things, but the question is: am I in faith today? Am I living in a place of faith? Am I stepping out and believing God for the impossible? Am I stepping out of the boat? Am I living a lifestyle of faith? Is my faith inspiring and upbuilding to other people? And so he goes on to say that Jesus, as long as he goes. I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is still day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus recognized that His time on earth was narrow, it's short. So He's going to make the most of it. You're going to make the most of your time while you've got it. Our life is short. May and Kate and our family, we're going to make the most of our time while we're alive on this earth. We're going to do some things that we've never thought of doing. We're going to step out of the boat. What's in your bucket list today? What are the things that you've dreamed about doing but never actually stepped out and done? Why I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is not here to bring darkness and condemnation to people. He's here. His business is to light people's life. The Bible says that just in, uh, down the track in, in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and hover in abundance. You want to see if the works of God are manifest around your life? You can ask this, it'll be reflected. Is there life around you? Are people edified? Are people lifted up? Are people have mercy extended to them? It's very easy to see the works of God demonstrated around their lives. Jesus is determined to make the most of his life. Be determined today to make the most of the time that you have right now. Your life on earth is short. My life on earth is short. Pakistan could even be shorter. (laughs) But heck, you know, I'm going to get to the end of my life. I'm going to get to the end of my life. People remember us for stepping out in faith. Instead of not remember us because we stayed in that little boat. My little Haynes Hunter, 20 foot. (laughs) Give it away, step out. And then Jesus comes up and he says, "As long as I'm in the world." And after he said these things, he he does this weird thing, and he—excuse me—made <laughs> some mud out of a spit in the ground. Man, what a what a thing to do! Anyway, he, he, he makes this he makes this mud out of the spit. He comes up to the blind man, he's got this mud in his, uh, mud in his hands like that. The blind man's down <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't go taking him into a. He didn't say, Come on, let's go to this quiet room, let's go. Use the force. <laughs> he gets this mud and he, and he didn't like, just put it on his hands. He comes to the blind man and just straight into the eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but if you just have a little bit of mud in your face, your eyes don't go all oh, that, do they? Your eyes remain closed very tightly. What he did was surprisingly contrary to what you'd think he would do. When often we have a time of darkness in our life or an alleged fault or an alleged place of darkness that is manifesting in our life somewhere. Sometimes we like Jesus to do it in the quiet. But here Jesus... As offensive as any <laughs> highlights the issue. Sometimes you'll go through a place in your life where your weaknesses, your faults are going to be highlighted. Everyone's going to see it. Sometimes you go through situations and times in your life where you look like you got mud on your face. You big disgrace. You know, I don't know about you, but I've felt, been through times where i felt like I've got mud on my face. But I felt Jesus also say, ah, oh, don't worry about that. That's a good mud. That's a good mud. There's bad mud and there's good mud. This is good mud. Don't let anyone tell you that this bad mud. This is good mud. Let those things get right into your face. And let them get right into your eyes. And, and then he goes and says, okay, mud on your face. Here you go. What you need to do now, young blind man is you need to go find yourself and take yourself to that pool across the other side of town and go and wash in that. And it's like, but I'm blind, I can't see. He didn't say anything like that at all. The Bible says that this man, blind man just got up. You think about this, you're blind. Some of you couldn't even find your way out of this church, blind. I bet you couldn't even find your way to the car. But here Jesus says, I want you. I want you to go to, I want you to go to Ocean Spa. I want you to go and dunk yourself in and wash all that mud off, and you're going to be all right. But that walk is called the walk of faith. There comes a time in your life where you, you look like you got mud on your face. It looks like the weaknesses in your life are highlighted. Maybe you. You're starting to bubble over in some places in your life. But when you know that Jesus Christ has, has touched you, has put his mud on your face, you can walk that walk of faith, knowing inside of your heart. See, sometimes, sometimes we try and build our lives, and, and as, as Christians, we, we try and look for the spectacular all the time. This is spectacular, that's spectacular. Sometimes we always look for the spectacular. But one of the greatest things that you and I can do is we're faced with stuff, when you're faced with issues coming in your life, is to keep on walking. It's to keep on walking. May not look very good, I may not look very good, well, I may not look very promising, I may not look very healthy, I may not look very clean, but I'm going to keep on walking. I don't care. What people say about me, I don't care how I feel, I'm going to keep on walking. I don't care that it's not spectacular, I don't care that it's not an instant fix, I'm going to keep on walking. I don't care if people laugh at me or or point the finger or call call me an idiot, I'm just going to keep on walking. Sometimes we think that the only things God must be doing is spectacular. Spectacular. When you look at Enoch, for example, the Bible says that all Enoch did was breed. <laughs> he just had kids. But the Bible says that he walked with God, and he's listed in the, in the, in, in the book of Faith in Hebrew's looking at one of the, a great men of faith in the Bible. all it says is he had kids, and he walked with God. Some of you here may not be facing spectacular things. You might not be having this appear or that appear or angels do this. um, A good chunk of us may not have those things happen, but a, a good chunk of us, day in, day out, doesn't matter what we're feeling, doesn't matter what we're facing, keep on walking. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. Keep on laughing. Keep on smiling. For some of us, our joy or, our, or our, our faith is attached to our car or our business or, or this or our possession. You take that away and we lose our praise. We lose our joy. One of the greatest things that you can do to frustrate the plans of the devil is to keep on walking. It's to not quit It's to not give up. You look, for example, the, the running race. You look, for example, uh, I mean, for some of you may have run a marathon. I've seen a marathon. I've, seen, I've never actually been to one, but I've seen one. Not yet. But you look at the difference between a a sprinting race and you look at the difference between a marathon. You look at the sprinters, it's like a bang, 10 seconds later, it is over. Spectacular, but it's over just as quick as you can blink. Everyone goes, Woo, that was fast. And then they get home. But you look at a marathon. I don't know if you run a marathon 24 miles or 24 k's or 40, no it's half a marathon 48, 44, whatever it is long way <laughs> and you see these people, you see number one walk through, or run through <laughs> everyone gives a big clap whoa, you look at number two come through, whoa, you look at number three and it get right back to the last people you look at the last ones that come through, the crowd is still there and they often get the biggest clap, why? because they're Kept on going. (laughs) You may not be the greatest preacher on earth. You may not be the preacher like T.D. Jakes. You may not be the greatest singer, or the greatest that or the greatest that. But if you just keep on walking, you may not be the first to cross the line. But you're going to cross the line if you just keep on walking. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them to keep on walking. See, there is a power when you just walk out your faith. Christianity, we just have the band up right now. Christianity is not just a destination. It is a path, it is a journey that you and I have got to walk down. And often we face decisions and face um, pressures and face difficulties. But if you keep on walking, when you get to the end of the line, see, uh, the, the Bible says that Paul said these things. I walk by faith and not by what I see. Sometimes, in order to increase your faith, God's got to restrict your vision a wee bit. Sometimes, to enlarge you, to build your faith, He's got to close your eyes up a bit. At the end of his life, Paul said these things I have run my race, I have finished my course. You don't have to be first, you don't have to be the greatest. But if you walk with God and keep on walking with God, that is just that is more powerful, I believe. Some people that see this oh, the spectacular is good. But if you keep on walking, keep on walking, keep on walking. If you have got mud on your face, feel humiliated, keep on walking. The man washed and he received his healing. Came, the Bible says that he came back healed. Came back sick. And everybody you saw him amazed, was that the same man? Are you sure he was actually, yeah, was sure he was blind. Are you sure he was in depression? Are you sure he was angry? Are you sure he was in poverty? Are you sure? Because that doesn't look like that man. They asked him. They said, hey, Peter helmet. What happened, man? Lynn Atkinson, what happened? Brian Nielsenville, what happened? Are you sure? Doug Bird, what happened? His reply, this man called Jesus. This man called Jesus. This man called Jesus. He put clay on my eyes. (laughs) He put mud on my face. And I washed. And now I see. Simple as that. I wonder. All of us will find ourselves in that story somewhere. I feel like the blind man. Maybe you're the blind man too. But I also found myself in the place of disciple where I'm fault finding. Friends, I want to be like like, the other one, Jesus. This man called Jesus. This man called Peter, man, there was something about him. He had Jesus in his life and he reached out to me and touched me and helped me. This woman called Lynn, and she knows Jesus, and this this man called Jesus touched me through a Now I'm clean. I have made on my face for a birthday, now I'm clean. What about you today? Where are you in that story? Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Jesus Messiah, this man called Jesus. Jesus, we thank you so much for coming into this earth. Jesus, we thank you for your deep love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us and accept us, even with our places of darkness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're not afraid to reach out and touch us. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't condemn us or think bad of us for those dark parts in our life, Lord. Maybe you hear the morning and you don't know Jesus. You've never met Jesus. You're like that blind man. Living in a world of darkness. Today it's very easy. All you have to do is just open up your heart to receive Jesus. Start coming into your life. Maybe you're here and you're a Christian, but there's places of darkness inside of your life. Friend, I'm not here to, to fault fine with you. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to. I don't want that happening. It's terrible. Why don't you just humble yourself and allow Jesus to put some mud in your face. All it took was a bit of humility, a bit of obedience and a bit of faith. You've got a sight back. You've got a sight full stop. Clean. All of us have to walk that path of faith. I encourage you this morning don't give up. Keep walking at your faith. Don't always look for the spectacular. Just walk it out. Maybe you're here and oh, I found myself in the place of the disciple too where. Look at different ones and he needs to be confronted over his sin. He's confronted over his attitude or whatever. If that's in your heart, why don't you allow your heart to be softened and ask Jesus to help you see how, how he sees. Today I bless you in the name of Jesus. Pray today that your faith will be strong and that you would not quit and you would run the race that God has set before you. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, come on, let's just worship Jesus this morning. Jesus Messiah, he's the name above all names and I'm glad that he's the boss and not me. (laughs) I'm glad that it's him who died on the cross and not me. Let's just sing Jesus Messiah. Why don't you allow your heart to be softened. If you want to find out more about Jesus, why don't you come and see me afterwards for otherwise, let's come and worship Jesus, eh? Come on, let's stand up and worship Him. Jesus, Messiah.